What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is March 5th, Thursday, 2020, and you guys are listening to episode 437. That's right, I put the Sirius XM one on uh, for you guys to listen to, and I was away uh, for a week in Los Angeles. Um, and I wanted you guys to sit on the last couple. So uh, here we are, though. You got a new one today. This is 437. A lot of stuff to talk about. Recently got back, uh, actually yesterday, got back from Los Angeles, California, where I spent, what, five or six days over there. Uh, doing a bunch of stuff, shows, podcasts, uh, networking, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, I am back. I am exhausted, but uh, it feels good to be back. Okay, uh, as much as Los Angeles is great and the weather is great, uh, it is good to be home in New York. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Unacceptable, two unacceptables. We got to talk about this coronavirus. That's got the whole fucking world shook up and freaking out. We're going to talk about, um, you know, we'll see what you guys have to say. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk about some some sports stuff going on. Um, I saw a movie again. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, so a lot of stuff to talk about, catch up on, on episode uh, 437. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and uh, enjoy, enjoy the episode. I got to start off. By saying, though, um, thank you to Bill Burr, Maz Jabrani for putting me on their podcast out there in California. I also want to thank everybody for the kind words on the podcast, especially on Burr's. Um, a ton of people are reaching out. If you didn't hear it, it's Bill's last uh, last one, uh, so the, the one that he put out on Monday, um, and uh, people just seem to love it. We don't get to do it often, but when we do, people love the stories, and there were a couple of stories in particular, the punching the bowl of sauce, and, uh, <laughs> and this guy who, like, this Wolver, this guy who was dressed like Wolverine, uh, came out to smoke a cigar with us, something ridiculous happened, so people seem to like that, so thank you guys for those comments, and, uh, and check out the podcast I did with Maj Jabrani, um, cause we had a great conversation, talked about a lot of stuff and the coronavirus and everything like that. Let's just get into the coronavirus right out of the gate here. Okay. Let's just talk about this, um, and, and get this out of the way. Cause people are asking, are comedians afraid to perform? Are comedians not going to certain places? Uh, what's your take on it? Are you scared? Are you this and that? Listen, there have been viruses like this. And a lot of times during the elections, um, look it up. I looked it up. And, you know, I look at it like this. I did some research, and I said this on some other podcast, but, you know, I, if you want to know my take on it, and, um, you know, I, I got to just say that this is, I reiterate how I feel about it on the Verzi effect, okay? Uh, forget the other podcast I said this on. This is my damn podcast, everybody, okay? But... Um, here's my thing, okay? This is my thing. There are 328, over 328 million people in the United States of America, okay? There's, so let's just, let's just round it up. Let's say there's 329 million people living in our country. There is under 100 cases in our country. 
the one or two people that died were in their 70s or 80s. Okay, people are living with this. You can get this and then you're fine. If you are healthy and it's like you just get a regular cold, they can beat this. Think about that. 329 million and 100 in here. Now, yes, I feel bad. There's a lot more outbreak, obviously, in China, Iran. They're saying Italy now. Am I saying ignore it completely and don't be scared of it? I'm saying don't be scared of it, but I'm also saying don't ignore it. You know, wash your fucking hands. If you see somebody in the distance coughing and and looking like shit, avoid them like you would do anyway. You know, go to the bathroom and wash your hands extra. Shake somebody's hand and go wash your hands and just be aware of it. But when something like that, like an outbreak to me is when the numbers just outdo the, 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 the people that can help you. Okay, so if there's 329 million Americans and all of a sudden you find out that 100,000 of them got them in a week, that's a fucking problem. Because now you're looking at, oh man, 100,000 in a week, what is that going to be? And, and that's like people to kind of like stay home, you know? But the, the amount of people that are acting, freaking out, and guys, take your fucking masks off. It does nothing. It's actually hurting the medical field because real patients and real people who need the masks, there's a shortage because you're going to a fucking movie theater in a mask. It does nothing. It's proven to do nothing. The virus is proven to go through the mask. It does nothing. Stop it. These people on airplanes and in airports. I was in a movie theater in Los Angeles. Somebody came in with it. It was funny because I was coughing and sneezing in the air in, in the movie theater. But like it was like an allergy sneeze and people got up and left, which I was fucking loved. You know, that's the one positive thing about the coronavirus. If you don't want to be around people... Just start fake sneezing everywhere, because that's what I'm going to start doing. You know, you're not sitting behind me in a movie theater, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck that. I got, I got, you know, I got the sniffles. Back off. But we just need to calm down. We just need to calm down. The, the, the media, man, the media's got nothing else to talk about. That's why they were talking about the royal family. You know, and now they're talking about Joe Biden being crazy or whatever, or he keeps kissing people, whatever the hell they're doing. There's just nothing really big going on. You know, they're trying to get the Democratic, they're they're trying to get the Democratic, uh, whatever the fuck you call it there, candidate. Sorry. Sorry, I'm drinking my coffee, people. They're trying to find a Democratic candidate, but all it is is the is the coronavirus this and the coronavirus that. It's like, weren't there other ones that were, weren't there other ones that were, like, worse? SARS or Ebola? Like, it just feels like the numbers in our country that this is not that much, you know, bigger, I I guess, I'm trying to say. Let me see what I read. Somebody put, somebody posted something and I went, and again, I'm not trying to make light of this and act like it's not something to worry about. But, like, you can't live your life when the numbers are that low. You can't live your life, like, freaking out about that and, like, letting it dictate what you do is all I'm saying. Because, you know, there's going to be another one. There's going to be something. There's going to be another um, outbreak. Or or I shouldn't say outbreak. There's going to be another disease that's out there or another virus that's out there in the next couple of years. But... Anyway, I can't find this thing here that somebody posted. Wait a minute, maybe I'll find it. But somebody basically went down the years 
of elections and during those elections talking about how viruses came out. And to me, there's not a, it's not a coincidence to me. Now, I'm not saying that there's not something out there. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is there could be something out there. There is something out there, but the media going at it like the way that they're going at it to me just seems a little bit um, seems a little bit reckless and it seems a little bit irresponsible to me because when it comes to diseases and things like that, people panic. And anytime there's a panic, um, everything takes a hit. Businesses take a hit, the economy takes a hit, that all that shit. And I just feel like, you know, put it into perspective at least. You know, at least when you talk, just go, listen, guys, there's no reason to panic. This is not something that's spreading to a, you know, mass, mass amount of people in the United States. Calm down. That's why I can't stand the media. I just can't stand the fucking media. All right. But my unacceptable is not that people are worried about it because I do kind of understand the concern. Take precautions. Be careful. Don't let it live your life. What I find unacceptable, well, I have two unacceptables for the week, so I'll get into mine and then I'll read yours. My unacceptable for the week is people walking around in masks like it's going to stop it when it's proven not to. It's actually, the, it's like, are you doing this because you want to be seen in a mask? You selfish asshole. And now these people, you know, like these custom masks. Now it's not even like a medical mask like that somebody in scrubs wears. Now like they got like, you know, one like, I don't know, like Under Armour logo on it or whatever. Just some like over the top, like look at me. You know, and, and, and the, the airborne virus will, will go right through it, penetrate right through it, and, and it does nothing. So that's unacceptable. But here's my other unacceptable. Can, can these boxers, and now that they're talking about Deontay Wilder, you know, saying that 40 pounds of his costume was the reason why he lost to Tyson Fury, can, can boxers, can, can the, the boxing commission make a law where you can't come in looking like fucking Voltron you know, or Optimus Prime when you're coming into the ring. Honestly, it's just silly and getting to the point where it's ridiculous. Guys coming in as the executioner, leather masks like they're a gimp or guys coming in with the crown on their head. How about this? How about you can't be carried in like you're a fucking emperor, uh, you know, the uh, Caesar. Okay, you can't be carried in. And you just can't wear a, a fucking Halloween costume when you're coming into the ring. How about that? How about the extent of your entrance is a song that you pick and you can come out with whoever you want as far as like friends, family, celebrity guests, whatever. You want to do that? Fine. Okay. You want to have a rapper come out and rap your song on the way to the ring? Fine. But you can't be in a Halloween costume. You can't be looking like Optimus Prime. You can't have crowns on. You can't have all these different things where it takes an extra 10 minutes just to get your armor off before you get into It's like, calm down. Stop taking yourself so seriously. It's ridiculous. Deontay Wilder, who I like, had a 40-pound had a forty pound costume on, saying he was exhausted by the time. Whether that's true or not, I don't think it is true. But th then what are you doing? Take the costume off, dick. Seriously, and that goes for anybody. Mike Tyson came in with a freaking paper towel around his neck and he kicked the shit out of somebody for a minute and a half and he got out of there. You know, his shorts and a towel and he walked into the ring and they rang the bell and he beat the guy to death. The guy looked scared to fucking death when Tyson walked in and it was over. And that's it. So that's my unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And forget the boxer. The boxer's going to do anything they can for publicity. 
Okay, it's unacceptable by the boxing commission to allow it. That's what I would say. Change the rule. Don't let these guys, you know, or or women or whoever coming into the ring in an entrance like that, that A, the entrance takes forever, and it's all a show. It's not for, for anything other than just a show. It prolongs everything. The fights, especially if you're on the East Coast, the fight's already not going off till midnight, so everybody's exhausted. And then I got to watch this guy come in the ring like Optimus fucking Prime. I got to watch this guy come in the ring in a full armor, you know, eyes lit up, crown, all this stuff. It's ridiculous. So that's my unacceptable. Let me know if you agree. Let's see what you guys have for uh, unacceptables. Here we go. Unacceptable from Corey. Corey says, hey, Paul, I work in an office where eight people share one bathroom over the past five years. Safe to say I use the bathroom right after each of right after each of them multiple times. A small but frustrating thing happens every single time. Uh, uh, but frustrating thing that happens every single time. I notice the end of the toilet paper roll is hiding inside the dispenser out of reach. I have to reach inside the dispenser uh, and roll it around until I can find the end of the toilet paper. Uh, that just happened to me recently. This is funny. So I can use it. I always make it a point to leave a little bit hanging down so the next person can e- uh, has uh, easy access. Apparently, I'm the only one who thinks uh, of the next guy. If you don't leave the toilet paper hanging for the next guy, you may as well flush yourself because you are a piece of shit. Unacceptable. Well, you know what, Corey? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Listen, let's be honest here, though. If you're taking a shit, the last thing you're thinking... (laughs) The last thing you're thinking about is like, hey, I want to make sure the next guy... So here's what I'll say. I would... I always kind of... When I go to the bathroom and I use toilet paper, I always make sure, obviously, that there's enough. But I'm not going to lie to you here. I would be lying... If I said my first priority was the next guy. All right. I look at it like this. And relax, ladies. When I say next guy, I mean next person. Sorry. Sorry I said guy. What I'm saying is if you got to go to the bathroom and you're in a public restroom, okay, you're thinking of two things. Let's get this thing done as quickly as possible, okay, and let me get out of here. That's, That's it. It's quick and out. That's it. So, I understand what you're saying. I understand that it's frustrating. I would say this. If it's an office where I knew everybody or I knew that I could tell somebody, hey, we need more toilet paper or the toilet paper wasn't pulled down for the next person, I don't know if I would, you know, I get that one. I think I would just make sure there was toilet paper in there. But I got to be honest, maybe I'm a dick or maybe I'm a piece of shit. Now that I think about it, when I'm in a restroom, dude, it's every man for himself. I just got to get this done, wipe my ass good, and get out. So for me, it's just, it's anarchy and warfare. So I got to be honest. I understand what you're saying, but you're just better than most of us here, Corey. Because for me, a restroom is war. I'm going in. I'm finding whatever paper I could get. I'm getting it done. I'm getting my ass clean as soon as I possibly can, and I'm out. And let the next guy fight for it. Because... I told you, I was in a public restroom once where a guy put his eye in the crack and he was saying, come on, hurry up. And the last thing I'm doing is worried about the paper that that guy's wiping his ass with. 
but thank you for the submission. <laughs> uh, here we go. What do we got next? What do we got? Um, this is from Joshua, and Joshua says, the most acceptable. Let's see what Joshua says. Hey, Paul, sorry in advance for the length. Josh from Vegas. I wrote to give, uh, I wrote you, give or take a year ago. I'm not sure if you remember. Short version, girlfriend was taking issue with my weight loss because her friends kept telling her I was looking good. To her, I was uh, only getting healthy for attention. I think I do remember that. Well, I should have known when I wrote The Unacceptable. Anyways, it's uh, only gotten worse from here. Paul, just to vent, in the end, I had a hot meal for her ready every day when she got home from work, an entirely different meal uh, that I made for myself because she had gone vegan. On top of that, I was being super, uh, super decent, even though she hadn't kicked in uh, on a single bill in 10 months and still had the big old balls to complain that I wear headphones in the house because I won't hear her and come running when she would yell for my attention from the other end of the house. So it took me longer to get out than I had planned. I let go of the drag on my life uh, and it was rough as hell. A month on a buddy's couch that was gracious enough to let me coast as I was in the hunt for a life-changing job that, if I'm going to be honest, didn't deserve on paper. Now that it is six months after the fact, I secured that job and have already been promoted. I fell backwards into the opportunity to buy a house. Life has never been so sweet. Sometimes I just bask in the fact that I know I'm not going to be nagged tonight. Wow. I'm happy that just waking up and trying to be a good person is enough. Wow, good for you, Paul. I can't thank you enough for the laughter you brought when things were bad, and I want to thank you even more for the laughter you're bringing now that things are sweet. Uh, much love, Josh. Well, Josh, uh, I appreciate that very much. That's a very nice, acceptable. Um, thank God you got out of that nightmare. I mean, no offense, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to this woman here, but... Who doesn't want somebody to have headphones on just so they could hear them barking orders? And by the way, you are an absolute saint having a, a hot meal completely different from your meal because she was a vegan. I mean, I'm starting to think you might have been a little part of the problem there. I mean, that's how good you were, that she's like, this guy's going to be, you know, I just don't, I'm not built for that. And I don't mean, when I say I'm not built for that, I don't mean I'm not built to be decent and have a meal on the table. I'm not built for like dealing with people like th what you dealt with. And also like I'll buy my wife dinner. I will cook occasionally. I'll have dinner ready when she gets home. You know, we'll go to restaurants. I'm good like that. But you doing that is over the top and it does sound like you got taken advantage of. Don't people just suck? Seriously. I mean, think about what you said about this woman. And she just, she didn't want you to lose weight um, because people were telling her that you look good. So she just said, you're doing it for attention. It's like, that is a selfish, not great person. And then being nagged and, and take your headphones off so I could bark orders at you and you could, it's like, ah, uh, 
Just look at it like this. You dodged a bullet and just lay down in bed with a smile on your face thinking of the poor asshole that's going to take her shit for the rest of his life. Okay, that right there is why 50% of marriage is going to can. <laughs> that's exactly why. That's exactly why it does not work um, all the time. Uh, so, oh, here's another thing. You guys remember when I saw the uncut gems and I had people behind me kick my seat. Next thing you know, I'm behind them uh, after the movie at a taco place and I'm really pissed off and all that. So, I was in... Um, I was in California. I want to shout out my friend Joe Bartnick, his wife Tracy, his daughter Isabella. They were fantastic. Joe Bartnick has a great family. They put me up for two nights there. They cooked for me. They were amazing to me. Just the absolute best. Um, every time I go to California, they're always welcome me with open arms into their uh, beautiful home in Pasadena. And... Um, we were hanging out, we were watching movies, we were just having a, a great time over there. So I wanted to uh, thank them so much. But Bartnick says to me, hey man, Uncut Gems is playing like down the block. Do you want to see it? And this was a night that I had off. I wasn't performing, I wasn't doing any shows. I'll get into LA in a second, but I wasn't doing any shows. So I said, yeah. And I go and I get a seat that has a metal pole directly behind me. And I'm going, nobody could sit behind me. How ironic and nuts is this? He picked the row. I had no idea where I was going to sit. How ironic. Tell me life. Tell me there's not a balance in life. Tell me that there's not a higher power. Tell me spiritually you don't believe in something. And I know what you're saying, Paul. How does your movie theater seat have anything to do with, you know, destiny and fate and spirituality in life? Here's why. Because I had one of the most uncomfortable movie situations of my life the last time I saw Uncut Gems. Then Joe Bartnick picks the row we're going to sit in. And I say, oh, we're going to do the, you know, the, the, the seat in between. So you're more comfortable. You get the seat in between. And I did that. And I looked behind me. And it was like obstructed view for somebody behind me with a metal pole right behind me. Last time I saw this movie, the guy right behind me was kicking my seat and gives me an uncomfortable thing. Now I actually have an obstruction that is an impossibility for somebody to do that. Tell me that that is not some sort of something. And here's the thing. Then two people come into the movie theater, right? I swear to God, they come into the movie theater and I'm going, you got to be shitting me. And they're like lurking around behind me. And then they sit down, even though he was a little over left. I'm going, this guy's behind me now with this girl. And I hear him go, you know what? Can you go down one more? Yeah, this metal thing is just too uncomfortable. It's blocking me. And I'm going, yes, it is, mother. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, just uh, the, the joy in my heart. It was like I had a, it was like God. It was like God saw me walk in that movie theater and said, you know what? Not fucking today. Okay? Not today. You dealt with this shit during this movie with your brother. And you, were, you, you were, couldn't even really concentrate fully on the movie because you had a, a rage inside you which made you want to turn around and kill this guy behind you for over two hours. And now I'm not allowing it, Paul. Now you sit back. You relax. It doesn't matter who's around. Nobody's behind you because I'm protecting you. And we watched Uncut Gems again. And I noticed things this time that I didn't notice in the first one because I had like, you know, basically homicidal rage. And I tried to hurt this person in my head mentally. And all I wanted to do was freak out and scream, throw a drink, 
beat the guy to death with Junior Mints. I didn't give a shit what I was going to do, but I just couldn't enjoy the movie. And now that I was kind of free and I was, you know, I had a seat that was good, I was like, oh, okay. Now I can, um, now I can enjoy this. And I did. I sat, I understood it better. Little things that uh, Adam Sandler's character, which, by the way, again, I, you got to check that out. But just amazing. Just amazing. And, um, I was just like, ah, oh, the 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 gods of unacceptable unacceptable have 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 righted this wrong. They have righted this wrong. So um, that's pretty much all I got on movies. Anyway, um, let's talk Los Angeles. I had a great time out there. I love the weather out there. We um, I flew in last Thursday. Shout out to Josh Adam Myers. You guys know Josh from Comedy Central. He was the host of, um, or Josh uh, is the host of the uh, Comedy Jam. Comedy Jam, where a comedian t tells a story about a song, does like seven minutes of stand-up, talking about a and then they actually perform the song with a, like a live band behind them. And Josh runs a stand-up comedy show at the uh, comedy store in the main room, which I did, called Shimmy Shimmy Ya, which was amazing. You got to give out a gift to the crowd when you're done your set. So I had a great time on stage. I had a fun time during the set. And then I gave away. He was like, oh, give anything. They don't care. You could give, you know, you could give Advil out. You could give your old antibiotics out. You could, all these different things he was saying. And I'm going, listen, even though I'm coming in from New York, he's like, oh, you're coming in from New York. What are you going to possibly bring? And I said, don't worry. And I packed sneakers, and I uh, gave an audience member a pair of Pumas, size 10, and it was pretty cool. But that show was great. Um, the podcasts were great. Then I did uh, Tehran. Tehran runs a show. He Tehran is um, Maj Jabrani's co-host for the podcast, and he runs a show at the Laugh Factory. He invited me out. I went there and had a great time. So shout out to him, and the Laugh Factory uh, was great. Had such a good time there. Um, Tim Dillon, Tim Dillon, uh, and I went to lunch at Ocean Prime. If you guys don't know Tim Dillon, you will because he's just so funny, so great. Um, Tim, you, yeah, he's been on Rogan's podcast and he's just super, super funny. He's out in LA now, New York comic, uh, out in LA now crushing it. So great. And we had such a good time. We went to, um, Ocean Prime and, you know, he just knows, you know, those people that are so big on food, they just know. He just ordered, and I go, you know what? I'm just letting you take the lead. Sometimes when you go to a restaurant with somebody that either recommended the restaurant or you know they're a foodie and stuff, you just got to let them take the lead. So he's getting shrimp, and he's getting crab meat, and he's getting deviled eggs with truffle oil, and he's getting. he told me to get a poke bowl and all this stuff, and everything he said was just completely perfect and amazing. That's the thing. Ask at restaurants. Everybody's got this thing where they're like looking at the menu like, oh, I'm going to be different or I'm going to do this. Fuck that. When a waiter comes up, a waitress comes up, you say, what's good here? They know. They know what the cook's specialty is. They know what what is really good that day or what special came in or what special that the cook actually crushes if there's a, a certain fish. If you go to a restaurant and you're like, hey, listen, what do you recommend? And they go, hey, we just got swordfish that got delivered today. And the cook absolutely crushes it with this thing and people go nuts for it. It's what I would definitely get. You get the swordfish. If you ask a waiter, how's this? Like, oh, it's good. You know, typical thing. Then it's like, ah, whatever. 
guy's phoning it in. They're, the guy's not. The guy's not into making. He's phoning it in. So, um, I took. I let Tim take the lead, and he crushed it. Ocean Prime, check it out. Um, you guys know me. You guys know I like amenities. You guys know I like the finer things in life. I got to tell you something right now. I could do Beverly Hills all day long. You know, I can do Beverly Hills all day long. Shout out to Andrew Themless. Let me stay in his apartment in Beverly Hills. He's got a couple of apartments. I was like, you know, and I was like, really? I'll get a hotel. He's like, no, no, no. I got an apartment in Beverly Hills. And it was sick. And the thing about Beverly Hills is it's just so nice and clean. Yeah, expensive, but I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, just a, it just reminded me of Beverly Hills Cop 2 with Eddie Murphy. Just the strip of palm trees going down. And I'm looking around and I'm going, oh, man. I wanted to recreate that when he first gets there. Listening to Patti LaBelle. But it was um, it was a really good, uh, really good trip. Definitely a little stressful, though. It's nerve-wracking. Because when you're in another city that you have to drive in all the time, you got to drive here. That Everything in California, everything is 45 minutes. You got to go 9 miles, 45 minutes. You got to go 21 miles, 45 to an hour and 15 minutes. Just no matter what you do, if you have to go down the block, just give yourself 45 minutes. And I'm telling you right now, telling you right now, okay, is people going to say, is better than New York? Is worse than New York? Here's what it is. Okay, I'm a New Yorker. Of course, I like New York better than the West Coast because this is where my home is. Make no mistake. You could have a great time out there. You can, I enjoy it out there. The weather I take in, I enjoy, walk around, see things you don't see. You know, go to a different comedy scene and all that. So I'll say this, like my special's titled, which is streaming right now on Comedy Central, and it did 1.3 million views uh, the first week it was out. Anyway, um, I'm not going to, like, yeah, no, I am going to choose. New York is better to me. It's better. I feel like New York has better food. I feel like, um, you know, New York, I like the seasons, uh, and I like Manhattan you know, I love the city of Manhattan, and I, this is my home. So, of course, I'm going to say New York. But I don't hate it the way a lot of people hate it out there. A lot of people hate L.A. They're like, get me out of here. I'm not, I don't see it like that. I'm like, why, not, why am I not going to enjoy this weather? You know, and I didn't have awful food. I had some good food. But why am I going to, you know, just go and have a good time, deal with it? Listen, it's all a mental thing, too. That's like going to Mexico and be like, yeah, but it's not New York. No, take it for what it is. Amazing Mexican food, amazing weather, nice people, driving out there, drivers are bad out there, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all, but we went to a Laker game the last night we were there, we went to Lakers uh, 76ers, and the the fans didn't seem, I don't know, the fans just didn't seem... I'm not going to say authentic. They seemed, but they didn't seem like great into it, like the way that I feel at the garden or the way that I felt at certain places. And I'm trying to figure out why. And then I'm going, well, maybe this is a bad... I got to give him another chance because Joel Embiid was not playing and what's-his-name was not playing, uh, Ben Simmons. So the two stars on the 76ers were both out and the Lakers won by a lot. But even early when the Sixers were winning, I just didn't feel a buzz in there. But I got to give it... I want to see, you know, that's a type of thing when... You know, I guess somebody could say, oh, I went to Yankee Stadium and they were playing, you know, the Royals 
and they were winning, you know, seven nothing, and it was early, and you know, maybe, and it was, it didn't seem alive. So I'll give that a, I will give that a pass, for sure. Speaking of basketball, let's move on to sports right now, and let's discuss that the New York Knicks and the organization and everything going on with Madison Square Garden and that team has sunk into a low that was at least the one constant. And it's that Spike Lee was attending games and a diehard fan and in it for the long haul. And now Spike Lee is saying he is no longer going to a Knicks game this year. They told him he's got to like go in with the general public. I mean, I don't even know what's going on. I've been listening to it from afar just because I'm busy and I've been running around on flights and you know doing so much shit that I haven't really, you know, but I did see something in the paper and I did see something on TV and it's all over my it's all over social media that Spike Lee is now saying he's being harassed by the owner of the New York Knicks. Now, mind you, Spike Lee has been courtside attending Nick games for decades. He's a fixture there, like, you know, Jack Nicholson and Lakers, so to speak. You know, just one of those people. And the fact that he went on television saying that he's being harassed by the owner of the team. What else can happen to the Knicks? Just all the good players getting traded away. I mean, what is going on with the fucking New York Knicks? I mean, for the love of God, can something give here? Can something give here? You don't even have to... I'm not even talking about sports here. I'm talking about mercy. I'm talking about just can some sort of positive thing happen? You know, R.J. Barrett, he's a nice player. He's going to be a great player. You know, but then you see the John Morant and Zion Williamson, what they're doing. So we didn't get the best of all of that. Can we get something? Now you got the fucking owner harassing celebrity staples that are courtside. The owner, Spike Lee is not, I mean, what's next? What is next? I just, it's just, what is the scoreboard going to be loose and they're going to, that's going to fall on the game? Like, what's going on here? God forbid that happened. Like, the last thing I want to do is say that and then, you know, have the Nick City dancers flattened by the scoreboard. I'm not saying that. But I just can't believe that I'm going to see that Spike Lee and the Knicks are parting ways and the owner is harassing Spike Lee. I mean, the Knicks thing is getting to such a low that. If, if the news was they lost by 20, it would be a better thing. That's how bad it's gotten. That's how bad it's gotten that if they were like, oh, and in other news, the Knicks lost to the Atlanta Hawks by 20, at least you'd be like, okay, well, that's normal. Things are okay. Now it's that diehard fans are being harassed. by. I mean, what's going on? I, I, I'm not one to jump ship. I'll never jump ship. I'm not one of those. I'm not going to the Brooklyn Nets, so shove that up your ass, Okay. I'm not doing that, but I just never actually seen, and listen, it would be impossible to be a sports fan in one city and all your teams, you don't have a problem, child. I've been spoiled, like I've said many times, I've been spoiled with the Yankees. I've seen the Giants have amazing Super Bowls. 
Um, I've, I've seen a lot of successful things with my two other teams in New York. Okay. Um, of course you're going to have a problem child, but this is beyond a bad team. Now this is beyond making bad decisions. Now this is like diehard fans for deck who've given money and done all these things and been a trying so, to now like getting into it with the owner saying I'm being harassed. It was bad enough that Charles Oakley got dragged out like he was a fucking perp. Charles Oakley got dragged out of Madison Square Garden like he was shoving loaves of bread up his, you know, shirt in a bodega. He got they they dragged the kid out. I mean, they dragged Charles Oakley out of the arena that he fought in for us. I, I can't even believe they took him out like it was like cops took him out both arms. Dragon was comical. It, it looked like a, it looked like a it looked like a fucking SNL sketch. They're dragging him out in a you know they might as well have been you know holding his arms and legs like they were with Eddie Murphy before they threw him out of Victor Maitland's office through the window. Do you remember that? Disturbing the peace. I got thrown out of a fucking window. We were talking about that in California. Me and uh, my buddy Andrew Demless. But I mean. I, it's just it's just gotten to the point where, you know, I mean, even my son, even my son, my 10-year-old son just turned on the TV and the Knicks were playing the Utah Jazz and it was like they were down double digits. And my son just goes, well, that's expected. That's how sad it's gotten that a 10-year-old is going to watch the Knicks in that amazing venue, in that amazing building, Madison Square Garden, the energy is like nothing I've ever seen. You know, the, the, the place means so much to me. The fact that I got to perform comedy there twice is incredible to me. The fact that the, 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 the way you feel in you when you're in there, and it's just this shitty with the basketball team in this city. Oh my God, man. I just can't. I can't do this shit anymore. I mean, what's it going to take? Can we just, for the love of God, for the love of God, can we just get a star here? Can we just get a big time star here? And, and and start drafting people around them and start fucking winning. I mean, what's it gonna take? I swear to God, if the Knicks had the first round in the lottery, there's something would happen. If they had the first pick in the lottery, if they had the number one pick, something would happen. Something would happen weird too. It would be like, oh yeah, did you hear about the Knicks first pick? He's got a toe disorder. He can only put on a pair of sneakers once a month. You're like, what? Like, it's the weirdest shit. And I don't get it. I honestly, I don't get it. But anyway, uh, I'm fired up for this week, guys. Let's talk about that. Okay, let's talk about that. I will get this podcast up. And uh, oh, we got some ideas about the podcast. Oh, things are going to happen soon, guys. Just hang out. I'm telling you, we got some ideas. But and by the way, guys, my Patreon has been down. So if you are on there still and you're, I don't, please, I've told, I've made the announcement. The Patreon is down until we, uh, until we make announcements on the future of what's going on with the show. So the Patreon is no longer, um, but the constant will always be TVE and we're working on stuff with that. And then we'll eventually bring back the Patreons. So I just want to make sure you guys know that. Um, guys, this week I have a lot of exciting shows coming up in a lot of cities and I'm super excited about it. Okay, um, so I will be this weekend, starting tonight, March 5th, Levity Live, West Nyack, New York, Palisades Mall. Please check that out. 
Um, you can get tickets right now. Just go to the Levity Live website. They have multiple locations. I'm obviously in New York, West Nyack. I will be there tonight, one show, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. A lot of shows all weekend, Levity Live. Please come out. It's going to be an amazing time. It's a great club. Uh, yes, I know it's in a mall, but it's a great club. You could go, you know, you could go bowling in there. You go to Buffalo Wild Wings. You go buy a pair of jeans at Old Navy. I don't give a shit what you do. Come out to the shows. I'm doing my new hour. It's the best stuff that I've ever done. I'm going to bring in a lot of funny people with me. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come out this Thursday through Sunday at Levity Live, West Nyack, New York. Thursday through Sunday, Palisades Mall. Then, at the end of the month, guys, I will be at Magoobie's Joke House. Magoobie's Joke House is in right outside of Baltimore. So please check me out there. I will be there March... Uh, what is this? I got to get these dates here. I want to get them right for you guys. That's all. I just want to get them right. So, um, March 26th, 27th, and 28th, I will be at Magoobie's Joke House. Okay. Then I will be in Atlanta and Nashville um, with Bill Burr, Joe Bartnick, Jason Lawhead. The band's getting back together. Um, we're going to be doing some stuff there when we go to the Masters. Cincinnati, I'm coming to the Funny Bone, okay, the Funny Bone, um, I guess they're calling it, well, I don't know if it's Liberty, whatever, but I will be at the Funny Bone right outside Cincinnati, you guys know where it is, um, April 23rd through April 25th, okay, May 2nd, I'm at the Newtown Theater with Dave Landau, one night, two headliners, that's it, check that out. Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I did not forget you guys. We switched it. I'm looking so forward to coming back out there. I have not been to Utah. I have seen amazing, um, amazing, amazing pictures of the place and just how I just can't wait to go out um, there and be in Utah for the first time ever, not just in my career, in my life. I've never been to Utah. So to be doing Salt Lake City is going to be amazing. Come out May 8, May 9. Uh, Friday and Saturday. That's it. Just going to be out there May 8, May 9. Atlantic City Comedy Club, May 15th to May 16th. Okay? And, of course, I will be in June. Oh, and before I do the Wilbur Theater, before I do the Wilbur Theater, I'm going to be at the Hartford Funny Bone in Hartford, Connecticut, June 18, 19, and 20. And of course, the Wilbur Theater in Boston, June 27th. Those are all the dates that are on the site now. Yes, I will obviously be doing spots in New York City that you could come and see me do short sets and showcase rooms. But these are the rooms that I will be headlining. Boston, keep buying your tickets. People are sending me pictures that I'm buying the tickets. Buy those tickets. One show only. We're going to fill the Wilbur Theater June 27th. Get tickets for that. And for all other stuff, updates, tour dates, all that stuff, go to paulverzi.com and please check out one of these shows. I'm telling you, it is the best material, the best hour that I've done, and I am so excited with this new hour and uh, new special, which you guys will be seeing, and announcements will be uh, coming on that shortly as well. So um, that's pretty much uh, what I have for you guys today. Do not worry about the coronavirus, okay? And I'm not saying that to be a dick. 
But like I said at the top of the show, you can't live your life like that. The numbers don't support the amount of worry. All right. And they're all, they actually said some people have it that don't know. So what does that mean? Is this a common cold? You know, like what are, what are people talking about? Because you can't live your life like that. You just can't, like, like I said, don't go on a cruise ship because that's people from all over the world go on cruise ships. And those people, if one person does have something and you're stuck in the middle of the ocean and they got to anchor and take people off and quarantine, I mean, that's a nightmare. If you're dumb enough to get on a cruise ship right now, that's ridiculous. Okay, that's something that I just think is, would not do. But as far as living your everyday life, man, just don't go nuts and um, worry about it because, like I said, I mean, listen, I am a comedian and uh, what the fuck do I know? I get that. You're probably saying that. But, you know, 329 million Americans and less than 100 cases, I think we, we, sh we should pull through this one. Uh, I think we're going to have a special guest jumping on my show in a second here. I don't know, but I just got word that a special guest might be jumping on my show. Uh, I don't know for a fact, but we shall see um, if that happens because, you know, somebody's coming by. So let's just let's just see. OK, All right, I'll tell you, my good friend Giannis Pappas. Giannis Pappas is going to be hopping on this podcast any second and he's probably going to be walking through my door because um, we are pretty much neighbors now up here in the country. So, um, yeah, we'll talk to Yanni for a little bit before we get out of here. You know, we'll talk about the, uh, it should, should be fun. This is a special surprise guest. I didn't even know this was going to go down. So we're going to add on a few more minutes to TVE episode, um, four, four Here we go. And the wife's texting. It's a whole thing going on. Um, let's see here. Yes, I'm doing the podcast. Yes. Yeah, doing podcast. Okay. All right. Anyways, so, uh, that's what I have. And, uh, I think Giannis is here. So let's see what's going on. Oh, there he is. Yanni. Yeah. You're live. What's up? You're live on TVE. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on over there? Undisclosed location. Yeah. Oh, very undisclosed. Yeah, they, undisclosed location. They know it's in the country. That's all. Yeah, in the country. That's all you got to say. Yeah. Uh, you can't say anything more than that. No. You right? Can't have people know where you live. No. I also don't want them knowing where I live because I don't want anybody to move up here. Yeah. So. Um, I like my neighborhood to look like a pottery barn. You're like. <laughs> and that's what it does right you now. You like it. So let me ask you something, yeah. guys. Giannis Pop is here with duck boots on. Um. Funny comedian, one half of the uh, popular podcast History Hyenas, uh, Brooklyn native, and um, Brooklyn native now living up here in the woods. So let's ask somebody who has been from Park Slope and Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, pretty much your whole life. What are you feeling about living up here with amongst the deer? I feel great about it. I almost killed a few last night. Yeah. And I'm nervous about doing this podcast because the last time I did your podcast in this house, I drove to Rhode Island and I had to get carried out on a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But I mean, life is great. We're going to go look at Teslas. And here's here's my buddy Lloyd. So let me ask you a question. Anybody... Is there anything funnier than getting carried out on a stretcher when there's nothing physically wrong with it? <laughs> 
There is nothing, getting carried out on a stretcher when there's actually nothing wrong is up there with the top. Getting taken away on a stretcher with no physical ailments, yeah. it's like, it's not like your knee was hurt. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Um, all right, so. God, I love this dog. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. Lloyd, is the best. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Somebody live, Somebody who lives in Brooklyn or Queens their whole life and was thinking about doing what you did and didn't because of fear, like you, what would you say? You just got to pull the plug, right? I would say because I'm in my 40s, okay, so it was age. a simple transition. Yeah. When you're married in your 40s, uh, I think it's 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 the, it makes a lot of sense. If you're in your 20s <laughs> and you don't grow up this way, I don't see how you could get used to it. <laughs> You see, because now I want to. When I want to go out, I want to go sit in a diner. If I want to go party, yeah. I'm going to call you up and say, "Hey, do you want to go get an apple pie with a scoop of ice cream?" When and me and you did, sat in a diner the other day, didn't it feel like we, it was almost an event? It feels like I'm at the club. It's like an event. It feels like I'm at the club. Who's DJing? Who's DJing is whatever fucking slow, <laughs> slow rock they got on the Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's partying for me yeah. now. Is hanging out like I. To be honest with you. Living up here, I think a lot of it has to do with that you're up here too. Yeah. It's like paradise. It's like our personal little paradise. We're the only two comics up here. Yeah. You know, uh, anyone who wants to move up here, we always it's lie a little to them. Bit, it's a little bit of a hike though, right? It, it, that's the, it's a big hike. Yeah, if you're listening and you want to move up here, it's too much of a hike. <laughs> but I wake up and I feel like I'm living in a vacation. I look at my backyard. I think about my day. It, it, yeah. You know, I, the only problem I have with living up here is that when I got to go to the city for work or anything... I always consider canceling it just to stay up here. Just because you're in paradise. I just want to stay in paradise. And now that the weather's getting warmer, it's really uh, tough. It's gonna get it's gonna get what, bad because I'm gonna get a shed with electricity and we're gonna smoke sticks in there. I mean, how many fires are we having this summer? I mean, they're gonna have to <laughs> they're gonna have to cut down trees to fucking to, for me to be able to keep it going. Well, I might just keep a steady fire throughout the summer. Yeah, just but, <laughs> just, just call neighbors, be on my way, throw another log on. Keep it down. Just yeah. throw another log on. Yeah, I'm gonna set up. How about this? I'm gonna set up fucking pits all over the house. I'm gonna have pits. In, I'm gonna have a pit in the front, pit all the way in the back, and a pit in the middle, just because I want to utilize every ounce of my property. Right now, I'm just figuring out ways how I can utilize my acreage because I'm a kid who just got a little piece of land, and I want to know how I could put something in every corner of what I own. The funny thing about you is you just can't handle having land. Let's like be this. honest. A white man likes to own land. <laughs> There's something in the history that you're like, now when you own a piece of land, you're going, I make sense. There's something about it you want to go like, this land is mine. But it's in the song. <laughs> this land is my this land. This land is my land. <laughs> this land is my land. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Because it just hit me and I almost started, I actually cried to myself. When you were on the stretcher yeah. and you were you were laid out on the stretcher and they were taking you out, what yeah. were you thinking? Were you, <laughs> what were you thinking when you were looking up? Just I was so, here's the thing. <laughs> It was the beginning of another <laughs> bout of like anxiety-ridden panic attack disorder. Yeah. I had gone through it for so many years and then beaten it so bad. Yeah. That when it came back, <laughs> when it came back, I knew nothing was physically wrong with me, but that uh. I couldn't kick it. And I think physical things contribute to it. I think maybe dehydration, little lack no, of food. No, I think so. It's little tiny things that if you were if you were in a better headspace, you could get past. That see, that's the thing. It's like you're so aware of any little dizziness when you normally would just like you say you normally just brush that off. Right. Um, yeah. But when you're in that hypersensitive, anxious, ridden when the when the <laughs> when the floodgates are about to overwhelm the walls in your in your in your brain. Yeah. Then. Um, 
then uh, you just you're I, I was aware of that right so I was this time because it's not my first time struggling with it I was going like there's probably nothing wrong with me but I still couldn't yeah couldn't get out of it yeah which meant like oh boy I you know it's just when you you know there comes a point where you're like oh I gotta I gotta take a break I gotta take care of myself I gotta face a lot of stuff I yeah gotta, it was just too much going on but what I was thinking on the way out was uh, embarrassed. Oh, you were embarrassed. Well, I was embarrassed because it was a full. It was the first weekend. <laughs> I had just done a weekend in San Diego. Yeah. Where only a few fans came to see. Yeah. Um. No, no, no. The San Diego came afterwards. I had just done where I had done. Oh, I had done San Antonio. Oh. Okay. Lol. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. really no fans, like a, yeah, yeah. no fans out there. So I didn't draw well. And I remember having a dizzy moment at the end of my last set, and I jumped early in the middle of my last joke. <laughs> so that was my first like kind of yeah. indication. Yeah, but you yeah. know what the funny thing about this? This shit never creeped up on stage that much for me. So that's what's scary, like happening while I'm on stage. stage. Yeah, yeah. But then, um, and then that weekend was in Rhode Island, and that was the first weekend I had seen like podcast fans come out. So the room was like it was kind of full. So with fans, yeah. So right. that's what made it like. Yeah, harder. ultra embarrassing. Harder, yeah. Because you know, and but they were so cool, so supportive, and um, it was the whole weekend well, was canceled, and that was that. Well, I talk about mental health and depression on the show, and people have reached out to me saying thanks for putting it out there because they're dealing with it. And you know, they talk about the darkness. You wake up in a full fledged panic attack. You go to bed certain times, like just when you're in that thing. But um, I know you were going through at that time. But get, I've never heard of actually. And this is why, like, we're laughing, but I'm not trying to make light of it. But I've never heard of somebody getting taken out on a stretcher on a show. <laughs> you have to make light of it. But I had my 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 brother one time, I believe, yeah. was going through it. And he walked off a subway, and he was on a subway platform. <laughs> and he said he just heard somebody go, somebody call an ambulance on his way down. <laughs> he, he just, he, he was on his way down. But it's, 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 kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of funny how... Um, anxiety can make you dizzy, yeah. which is actually it brings on all types but, of symptoms, like yeah. physical. Though your brain is so powerful that yeah, it can bring on any type of symptoms. And now I think it may have to do with like us being in this, you know, this may be kind of, you know, uh, progressive to say and sort of shocking, but yeah. I, I believe on some level this could be humans struggling with some sort of transition into a more evolved state of of existence. Because this is the first time wow. in human history that, first time in human history that humans have had this level of comfort and safety. People don't acknowledge that enough, because we're in it, so we don't see it. Yeah, that our food is so easily provided for that medical technology easily allows for us to live longer, even if something, um, you know, that would otherwise be, uh, you know, fatal. Yeah, happens to you. Yeah. Now we're in this space, this trend, this is the first time and it's only happened in the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. You know, this is, we're talking about post-industrial revolution. This is after oil. And then even after oil factories and stuff like that, that was still an era where people had to work really hard so they didn't have time to think. Right. But now since we've sent all these factories overseas to other places for them to deal with that, and all we do is sit back and do these service-based jobs where we basically barter with each other for services. We have all this leisure time to just let our brains kind of run. And we have all these instincts left over from evolution about like fight or flight and struggle that don't know where to go or what to do. So with all this leisure time, you know, 
That's why the best thing for anxiety is to stay busy and to and to joke. That that's actually a really good point. And I never thought about it like that because it's like in the fifties they didn't have that. Like my no. grandfather didn't have that. No. In the fifty in the fifties, my grandfather or grandmother, somebody somebody's working, then dinner's at a certain time, then the next day, the, you know, like they yeah. Had, if anything, they had depression. That's what they suffered from because they were working too hard. They didn't have time to sit and go, "Hey, is my head okay?" They were going, "I need a, I need a break. I need a right, rest. right." You know? Yeah. So it's like we we've provided such a there's such an uh, such an easy not easy but like it, Th- this job didn't exist 20 years ago. There was like three or four comedians and they were TV stars and movie stars and there was like three or four of them. I mean, just look at the era we live in now. Me and you make good livings by everyone else's standards. You know, we're not the richest comics. We're not the poorest by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And look at we're doing well. Yeah. And look at what our life is. This has never happened before. Yeah. We've never had this level of leisure ever in our entire lives where we're going like, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, maybe. Let's go over there. You know, check it out. Go down to Tesla. See what they're doing. And then there's a car that drives itself. <laughs> I mean, this is the beginning of unprecedented comfort yes. that the world has never, ever fucking known. Yeah. And, and that's, it's a Giannis Papas thing to think about that. Because yeah. you're a, you're a, and that's why I go down. You're a yeah. deep. See the thing about Giannis, and is, that's why I, I put myself down. I'm the only <laughs> guy who's gonna put myself down. I've never seen a guy. I mean, you dissect shit on a level that's you're a deep philosophical type of kid. That's because we're. I'm a Greek kid. You you can't take like yeah. You go. You I'll think myself right into the grave or into Alzheimer's. <laughs> I'll, a Greek will burn out his own brain. The reason why Greeks get Alzheimer's. <laughs> It's because they just they they you know how yeah, a, you know how a runner run uh, you know how a runner blows out his knees a runner blows yeah. out his knees a Greek a yeah. Greek will blow out his brain yeah. because he uses it too much. Well, you know what they say with a car. You know yeah. you can't go heavy on the RPMs. No. Take it easy. A Greek just it, the Greek treats life like it's a rental car. <laughs> <laughs> a Greek treats it like a rental car, yeah. and they just don't realize that they they're beating it. it up. They gun it. They're, yeah. they're, they gun it. Greeks gun it. <laughs> They do. Greeks do gun it. They so let me ask you. Well, I, I've been talking about this, but I, we got like a couple more minutes before I post this up. Um, I, I, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I've talked about it a little bit on other podcasts, so I don't want to get too. I don't want to get too into it. But I just was talking about because you know people want to know what your take is on it. Uh, and when I say your, I mean comedians and, and people that are out there in the public. I did math, and here's why I'm literally. I'm not going to say zero worried about the coronavirus, but I did math. Okay. There's three, over 329 million people living in the United States of America. 300, almost 329 million people living in the United States of America, okay? The 70-something cases that were here, the cases that were here, okay, under 100 cases. Two deaths, I believe, or one death. One was 89 years old, one was 70-something years old. People that have had it, that are in good health, it's going away like that. The numbers do not support, a, and I'm not saying that everybody's panicking, but there are some people that the numbers do not support Anything as far as a, a, a spread where we, we can't get a hold of it. Are you worried about the coronavirus? No. Well, the coronavirus uh, coronavirus is bad if you get it. You're going to be really sick. Yeah. But if you, um, if, you, if you have a healthy immune system, it's only killing like people with compromised immune systems and older people. Let me it's ask you not, a question. Not, how much did you read about it, knowing you? How, how much research did you do? I talked to uh, my wife's cousin, who's like a doctor. I asked him a lot of questions because he knows the detail. He said it kind of like liquidates your lungs it like fluid it he was explaining to me it, it's a fucked up thing but you'll live even if you get it um the thing that's a little scary about it is like with the swine flu what was another one 
um, Sars. Zika, SARS, um, those things never made it to like the American shores, like beyond like a case or two. This um, this is getting in, and um, so that's a little nerve wracking. But it's basically just like you know the flu is the flu is just as da- the flu is much more dangerous than this. The flu kills tons of people. Yeah. Um, but yo, viruses kill people, man. And um, we it, this you this would if this was a hundred two hundred years ago it would wipe out like half the population and the other half of the population would would form an immunity to it and that's what nature wants that's the scary part the scary part to me is not so much the coronavirus the scary part is thinking about and this is true one hundred percent true and cannot be denied that we are fucking with the balance in nature so much that. There's going to be some sort of swift backlash from nature because nature's always seeking balance. Like the reason why there's deers everywhere and they're getting hit by cars is because we remove all the bobcats because bobcats are aggressive to humans and kids and will fucking kill your kid. Well, the deers are overpopulated. Yeah. They're overpo- well, they're overpopulated because we remove their predators. And we remove their predators because we moved into their, you know, we, we moved into their neck of the woods with our families and settled. And you can't have fucking bears and cougars running around. Because they'll kill your house pet and they'll kill your kids. So the result of that is, it's true. Yeah, yeah. The result of that is beers just, deers just become overpopulated. Humans have become overpopulated because we have removed the predators for humans. The predators for humans are viruses, bacterias. Right. The smallest little things because we're the apex predator. Right. And we just became the apex predator too. It's very recent. For most of our existence, we were not the apex predator. For most of our existence, we were getting eaten by saber-toothed tigers, fucking hyenas, Alliance and their ancestors until we kind of partnered up with dogs and figured it out using our brains had a little comfort because the dogs provided security and we evolved but so the scary part for me about about coronavirus is that it's not going to do it we need a thinning out there's fucking what is it how many billions of people on the planet it's too much yeah over seven too much um, so that's equally as scary as like, cause we need a good thinning of people. You know, that's nature. Nature's trying to get rid of weakness. Yeah. No, but what, what's crazy to me is that like, and when you see, and I get it, but like what the media does with this thing and, and it's been done through history as things is, um, and, and from what I see, the Zika was worse. I mean, but cause it came to no, Ebola is worse, right? Ebola is, is a worse disease than this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the numbers. I really don't know the numbers. I know the flu is much worse than this. So there yeah, you have the, it. The flu, yeah, so there you have there it. You so have it. so that, all I was saying, guys, is wash your hands, of course. Be cautious of it. But don't don't not do something and freak out. And and if you go on a cruise at this point, you're just... I mean, if you're going on a cruise, you're fucking... <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that, the, the, that, that cruises, that celebrities don't talk about cruises more than they talk about plastic straws is fucking nuts to me. It's fucking nuts. The yeah. cruise does worse to the, for the environment than anything. But what I'm saying is a cruise now, you could be in the middle of the ocean, somebody has this, because people from all over the world, then you're that's a bad thing. So your cruises are bad for that and many other reasons. Yeah, yeah, including the midnight chocolate buffet. Yeah, I mean, it's just a fucking bad scene. <laughs> it's a bad fucking scene. Giannis, what do you have to uh, to plug? Go see Giannis. He's got more dates on the... He's got more dates coming up. Uh, uh, excellent podcast, History Hyenas, with Chris Stefano. You got any dates to plug? Yeah, um, History Hyenas live in New York City. We added another show, Gramercy Theater, on March 19th. If you live in Norwalk, Connecticut, or the area, we're doing April 29th at the Wall Street Theater. And then go to my website, GiannisPappasComedy.com, for my solo stand-up dates, which uh, I just got uh, Boston, Connecticut, um, 
um, and uh, and some other cities that are going to be posted. And check out History Hyenas, the podcast. Yeah, check it out. I heard your live show is amazing. People selling we it out. Fuck, we're going to have to start a fucking podcast if I'm living up here. Uh, maybe. Yeah. We might. Um, all right, guys. So that's it. That's for the po- uh, that's the podcast. Uh, this is TVE episode four thirty seven. Will be up today, uh, guys. Check me out this weekend. Levity live uh, tonight through Sunday. I will talk to you guys soon.